Hi there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the Live Healthy podcast, we have Abdullah Al-Balushi. He is one of the owners of Desert Shield Fitness, which is Abu Dhabi's newest gym, I would say, just opened recently after, um, after all the shutdowns. And it is a Spartan style obstacle race gym to get you in shape for your uh, favorite obstacle race and keep you in shape in between. Is that, is that an apt way of saying it? That's absolutely correct. Thank you very much, Anne, for having me on uh, the podcast with you today. It's a great pleasure. Absolutely right. Uh, in 2016, myself and my friends started the Desert Shield team. Okay. Let me just go back, though. What, when did you get into fitness? When did I get into fitness? Oof. Mm-hmm. That's a nice one. I started, I was born in Al Ain. I'm from Al Ain. Of course, Al Ain is all desert. Mm-hmm. And the very first sport I learned, my dad, when I was two years old, my dad took me to a swimming pool. Okay. And I learned swimming at the age of two. And then from there, um, we were very lucky. I live very nearby um, in uh, a neighborhood called the Sarud. It's very close to Al Ain Club. Okay. It's a walking distance. Okay. So after school, we used to run away from home and just go to Al Ain Club. And that's how my passion and love for sports started at a very early age uh, with Al Ain Club, um, where formally at the age of maybe uh, nine or 10, I joined the tennis team in Al Ain Club, and then from there, uh, my journey with sports uh, started from there. When you were a kid, were you always climbing? I mean, little boys do this all the time. I've watched my own nephew do it. He's always making the world his obstacle course. If we're in a mall, he's going under the railing, over the railing. You know, were you like that as a kid? Definitely. I mean, kids, um, when I was a kid, like we live also next to one of the mountains in Al Ain, uh, Al Nagfa mountain. And it's just another, like, it's a walking distance, like almost 400, 500 meters from home. So we used to go and run the mountains. We used to play in the streets. We used to play football on, on the dirt and fell down, get injured, get little bruises. And that was the norm. Mm-hmm. We used to play football barefoot most of the time. So that was the norm back then. Nowadays, the kids are and parents are a little bit more protective, which has the advantages in a way. But also in another way, we I believe we should let um, kids experiment the outdoors more, let them go out and um, let them fall down, let them get some bruises. That's absolutely fine. 
um, as long as they are monitored and as long as they know what they are doing. Because in this technological era, I believe like we have too many kids stuck behind the screens of the iPads and so on. And it's hard to get them into the outdoors. So it's very reverse from the way I was born. Most of the time we were outside and the parents trying to get us into home and sit and do something or do the homeworks. (laughs) (laughs) Today, it's the other way around. How old are you? When were you a kid? Well, I was born in 77. 77. And so this, like at the age of eight and nine, being the outdoor all the time, it's it was fun. That was all the fun we used to do. Like we didn't have all the iPads. Yeah. What kind of food did you eat? Was it not like whole food? Food. Well, it's always like home homemade food. Whatever mom will make, uh, whatever mom will cook, and then either if I don't like the food at uh, what my mom will make. I immediately run into my grandparents' home because <laughs> we live right next to each other. Like all the homes, like the neighborhood is the whole family. And then sometimes if I don't like what my grandmother's <laughs> food, I go to the auntie's house. So it was it was a very nice um, that sounds awesome. way of living. Yeah, you would always find something you liked. <laughs> Definitely. How did you come to Abu Dhabi? Well, I um, after finishing high school, I did um, the military high school, and after finishing the school in Al Ain, I went to the U.S. to study at Penn State University. And then, to be honest, when I was in the States, I was doing lots of outdoor activities, but I stopped the formal kind of sports and came back, started working in... uh, Etisalat, then moved on to Emirates Airline and then moved into Abu Dhabi start, once I started working at um, Abu Dhabi Tourism Authority okay. at the early stages. And then currently now I'm working uh, with Abu Dhabi Airports Company. What's and your work? What do you do? I work um, at the commercial department at the airport. Okay. I look after the duty-free um, and uh, food and uh, beverage uh, part of the commercial team. That's what I do for work. And then my passion is really uh, sport, fitness, and the outdoors. Okay, so you were going to say in 2016, you were doing what? Like, what? how did this all get started? Yeah, after coming back from London on a medical trip with my father, we spent a few months in London uh, where my father was being treated uh, for um, heart uh, surgery, diabetes, and other complications that you get at that age. I spent a few months with him uh, in the hospital and then looking after also other patients while I was there in the hospital, trying to help and spend time and in a more meaningful way. And I realized that my dad's situation and so many other patients I saw around could have been avoided and could have been, they could have been in a better situation given that they take care of themselves in a better way when it comes to the diet, when it comes to the lifestyle. So saying that when I was in college and I stopped training and then came back, started working with a busy life, this trip made me realize that I need to go back to the way I was raised. 
with sports and with the outdoors. So the very first thing I did is to join a gym again. And after joining the gym, I start like um, developing the passion for the sports, but then this is the gym and the indoor is not really what makes it for me. Mm. It's really the outdoors and... Were you lifting weights? Like what kind of a gym did you do? Uh, it was a functional training and body, um, functional training gym, which was very nice, very fun, very engaging actually. But still, it's like it misses the outdoor element. Yeah. So one day we've realized that there is an event on Abu Dhabi on the Corniche. So uh, me and two of my friends decided to join this event. And we subscribed to the event. And on the day of the event, I was driving to Corniche. Is this Spartan Race? No, it was just like um, a get fit, um, a, a local event organized by, um, I believe, maybe the health authority okay. by the man or a local, one of the local authorities uh, on the Corniche. It was involving few obstacles and swimming and things like that. So on the way to the, to the event, I stopped and made T-shirts because it was a team event. So I made very quickly just few hours before the event, I made three t-shirts okay. for me and for my friends and showed up to the event. We wore the t-shirts and then... What did they say? I think the t-shirt said body mechanics. Okay. I, I tried body to, mechanics, okay. I tried to come up with something and just <laughs> found that like body mechanics, just, I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> but it just, at that time, it was like, this is what it clicked in my head. So wore the t-shirt and then really enjoyed the event. The guys enjoyed being part of the team. Everybody else actually in the event start looking at us slightly in a different way just because we were wearing a, a t-shirt, yeah. uniform. Yeah, you look so, special. You look like you meant business. Exactly. <laughs> and this... The cameras, actually, the, the people in the event, they started taking photos of us because we were wearing the same uniform. And this made us feel good mm -hmm. to, about ourselves. Yep. And this made us actually think about doing it more and more. Okay. And immediately on the same evening, me and um, my friends came up with the idea of creating this uh, team to promote the outdoors and promote uh, participating in obstacle course racing. And immediately within a month or two, there was a race, a Spartan race organized in uh, Al Ghazal Golf Club in Abu Dhabi. And this property is owned by the airport. And I came to know by coincidence okay. that we are organizing this airport. So we took part in this event like a group of almost maybe 10 people. Okay. And from there, that was in 2016, when we formally formed the Desert Shield team. Okay. And the whole purpose of the team is really to promote and encourage uh, participation in obstacle course racing, whether it is a Spartan race, a Tough Mudder, a Desert Warrior. There are so many um, events and races that takes place within the UAE and that was one part of why we wanted to form the team. And the other part of the why we want to do the team is actually encouraging the outdoor activities and taking part. Like there is in Abu Dhabi, whether it is winter, summertime, it's like 
even in the hottest time during summer, we still practice outdoor if you know how to do it and if you take the right measures and precautions of training outdoors. Like beautiful running track around Sheikh Zayed Mosque. This is one of the best sites in, in Abu Dhabi. Um, almost a 3.5K uh, running track around the mosque. It's amazing and not so many people go and train there. So our mission was every weekend we pick a different location in Abu Dhabi outdoor area and we try to promote it within the local communities okay. or the surrounding and the neighborhood who lives in, in that area and encourage them to come and join us, whether it is a run or a workout on a public beach in the Corniche or the Riyadh. So the city really offers a lot. It's up to us how to take advantage of all these facilities and how to um, take advantage of our time using all this um, facility that we are surrounded by. And through over the years, like from few people, the team grow into hundreds of athletes of different ages, of different uh, nationalities taking place together and like running all these events and races throughout the UAE and even outside. Like we start running in the GCC, mm -hmm. we start running globally in um, Spartan World Championship. Because you went US. to this, didn't you? You went, you went and competed in the US and you... Yeah, for three years in a row, actually, we went and competed in uh, the U.S. Uh, Spartan World Championship. For the first year, I went there by myself. I just decided that I want to take an adventure and go and do something this different. This is like an open, anyone can enter it, but it, how does it work? No, actually, you need to, for the Spartan World Championship, you need to attend certain, um, okay. the local uh, like races and the local championships. And then you qualify to that. Okay. So you need to complete them and then you need to show have a showing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's a big deal that you made uh, it. <laughs> I planned I planned for it and I qualified to the Spartan uh, World Championship and I attended the um put a team together and uh, represented UAE actually, like the Spartan Team World Championship. Okay. So that was really major, like training in Abu Dhabi, flat surfaces, and during summer times, it's very hot. But then in the U.S., in Lake Tahoe, 8,800 feet of elevation. You wouldn't have had any experience with that, would you? Have? At all. Wow. At all. But that only proved one thing to me, that really the physical preparation is so little and very minor part of the whole journey and the whole adventure. The mental part and being mentally ready to try something and mentally ready to challenge yourself, mm -hmm. this is really the most important thing. Because if you mentally prepare yourself and then physically you will be able to take that challenge. So going there to 8,800 feet of elevation, mountains, um, Four degrees, um, 65 kilometer wind speeds. All of this is totally different environment. You cannot train for it. Right. But mentally, I was like, that's it. I'm putting this challenge for myself. And 
I'm wearing the UAE flag, so I need to complete. Okay. So is there a point then in that race where you, your mind says, I, I don't know if I can do it, it's too hard, or are you always sure that you're going to finish? To be honest, no. There are times where your mind says, no, you cannot do it, and your body starts like shutting down on you. And there are times where actually the rules and regulations and like, like and one of the obstacles, and this is a very nice thing like to, to mention, one on, on the bucket carry, yeah. uh, you need to carry a bucket full of sand and uh, dirt, like almost weighing around 60 to 70 pounds okay. on 800 meter hill, 400 meter uphill and yeah. 400 meter downhill. So carrying this bucket and there are like certain holes like at the top of the, bu of the bucket where it should be all covered and the sunlight should not come through this hole. Yeah. If the light comes through this hole, then that means the bucket is not full. Oh. So I finished like the bucket. you can't dump out some of the sand exactly. or you, no. you don't complete. Okay. Exactly. So I'm carrying this bucket, finishing all the way through, reaching the finish line. And one of the judges, my friend, I would call him now, Joe, Joe D.I. Okay. Uh, he's standing there and very slight sun ray coming through one of the holes only because of the sand is moving. Yeah. He asks me to, and this is at the very early stage on the race. He's like, D you, you, you are disqualified because the bucket is yeah. You've lost not some sand. You've lost some sand. Yeah. Sure. I told him, I, I didn't travel all the way from UAE to the U.S. to attend this race and within the first two miles you tell me you are disqualified. He's like, disqualify this way, redo is that way. Okay. So I was like, okay, I will redo. Oh. And this is one of the hardest obstacles in the race actually. Right. I went for the second round with the bucket and halfway through I fell down and I lost a lot of the sand and the bucket. I tried to fill it up. I reached there again and then again the judge asked me to pointing disqualify this way or redo at this the, the that way. Almost, I had tears in my eye. I'm of like, I almost have tears in my you eyes. Know, I, you know, I was like, you can't do this Come to on. me, but I can't quit. Also, this is terrible. So I've done it for the third time, and then I see like everybody on the radio, all the organizers and the volunteers, like talking and saying that there is somebody doing the bucket curry three times. Yeah. And then lots of people like gathering at the line and I'm like, what's going on? By the time I came back, the third time I made sure that it's full. It yeah. took me much longer time to yeah. finish. You but didn't then, you mess around, yeah. Yes, I'm like, that's <laughs> it. My back is killing me. I can't walk. I can't carry the bucket, but definitely I'm not going to quit. That's for sure. I made it to the end of the obstacle and then I see people clapping for me. People are standing there and they're like, this guy is crazy. He made the bucket carry three times. And they call me the bucket man. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then during that year, I've made it to the most um, 13 epic moment of Spartan uh, race in 2017. From that, from that moment. From that moment. That's how crazy it is that you carry exactly. it three. And how many, how much further did you have to go after that? Uh, that was like Two maybe... 
four kilometers or three kilometers into the start of the race. I was like another like 17 kilometers. Wow. The total race was 21. Right. So that was at the very, very beginning of the race. So it was very challenging. But then the adventure, the adrenaline, the environment, the support you get from the community itself of the Spartan racers around you, this is what keeps you going. And this is what made me fall in love with this sport and with the community. It's, it is all about the community. Mm -hmm. And this is what we miss on our day-to-day -day lifestyle, I believe, like when we face each other in office or at home with the family, we tend to forget and immediately we get into arguments and we get into what divide us rather than what bring us together. Mm -hmm. And when you experience a moment like this in a race and you see people, strangers, total strangers, they support you, they encourage you, they motivate you, then you think, in office, I can get over it. If I get into something with my colleagues, at home, same thing, with my friends, in my day-to-day -day lifestyle. And this is the mentality that I've got. This is what started growing and what on, on my mind. And this is what I start realizing from those races. The more races I attend, the more my immune system start getting stronger. The more my mindset start like being more tolerant and more understanding and more resilient toward all the pity things that we see in our day-to-day -day life. Do you think, because this sport has exploded in, in the last decade, like obstacle races are the, one of the fastest growing things. Um, do you think this is why people like them so much? This feeling like that they get? Um, I believe so. And it is addictive. Yeah. It is an addiction. And this is one addiction that we should get ourselves into. It's a very positive thing. It's a very positive energy that you get and you keep growing into um, your soul. And this proves why, this is why this sport is growing globally. Um, and especially also here within the UAE, there is at least 25 to 30 events mm -hmm. in one single season. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's been difficult now with the COVID-19, um, things slowed down, but then now we are at a point where events are back slowly and uh, obstacle course racing, the beauty of it is really, it's whether you are a fit athlete or whether you are, you have no experience into the sport itself, you can get into it and you start challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. And if the fittest athlete in the race will finish at a, uh, breaking his best time but then for the first timer also he it might take him two two hours longer but that's the whole point is like you challenge yourself and you finish and you make it to the finish line so you are in a race and in a challenge with yourself and this is one of the beauties why i believe this sport is growing because of the combination of the self-motivation, the community, the, that it takes us back to our childhood and the playful mood mm -hmm. and 
the support. So there is so many things happening within the sport and within the race itself. And you mentioned your immune system, and I find that interesting because there is, um, we've spoken on the podcast before with Dr. Nasser Al-Jafari about the concept of hormesis, which is basically, to really make it simple, when you challenge your body with something new and hard, like a hit class or a freezing cold shower or a really hard run or mentally trying something new, it makes your system think, wow, I'm going to have to get stronger if, if he or she is going to do that to me again. That's basically the concept at work. But when you said you feel your immune system getting stronger, how do you know? Like, how do you know that? I don't know, like, um, how to describe it or what's the scientific word for it, but then the feelings and the hormones that, you know, you you experience during the race, whether it is at the lowest time of the race or at the peak time when you are best performing during that event, all this mixed feeling, the minute you finish, um, cross the finish line, you sit and you reflect and you see that journey, how it impacted you and how it um, reflects on your soul and on your body. This is where you get stronger and you get, you think that, yes, I'm, I'm improving. I need to do something more. I need, like, so many things happen at the same time where you think that this is working. How it is working, maybe you can't find the right answer at that time, but you, you get this feeling from inside, from your gut feeling and your brain and your body tells you it's you see positive reaction well it's getting easier and then yes. you're trying harder things and it's yeah. getting easier and and it, and it makes a purpose for you when you go to the gym also or into your normal day-to-day lifestyle like the day after the race i go back to the gym i train with purpose i'm like okay i my body needs this or i fail in this obstacle or i need to get stronger in uh, this area so I start training with purpose because then I know one month down the road, I need to go out and be in the wild, be in the mountains and start race again. I need to do better. So it's always stays into your mind and also into your soul because you go to those um, outdoors or mountains and then you get attached to it. You have happy moments or you have certain feelings that with for me for example running in lake tahoe in california experiencing um when people say that um um this is one of the most beautiful areas in the u.s and it's one of the the biggest destinations for honeymooners I didn't know this. I didn't see anything the first year when I was there. Like people told me, oh, you are in Lake Tahoe. It's so lucky, like it's beautiful. To be honest, I didn't see anything other than my footsteps <laughs> because I was trying to stay focused. But then the next year when I went there again, I was like, okay, I need to enjoy the beauty also of those mountains. And then all of a sudden, while you are running in the mountains, you have a bear, a mama bear, coming into your way and then you need to stop and all these experiences joined together it plays part of like how you start thinking appreciating nature appreciating all of these things so 
I think collectively all of these elements of the physical, the mental uh, plays role into the immune system and how to improve the immune system uh, in a healthy and natural way, I would say. Because just sitting inside the gym, lifting weight, that I don't want to get into comparisons yep. or into saying what sport is better than others. No, that's not the point. But really, when you start holistically seeing what this exercise brings into your lifestyle, this is what I'm advocating and what I want people to feel. Right. And experience this and then they judge for themselves. Okay. It's just be in touch and reflect uh, you know, on, no. on yourself. Not going through the motions. You're talking about when your body, mind, and soul are connected in this pursuit of this, right? It's, it's, that's, that's when it, the magic happens. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's, that's like, maybe I, find, I don't find the right word to describe this, but what I would urge and encourage everybody, whether they are kids, adults, or even people with disabilities, because they can do it. I've run races where I hold hands with a blind guy who's running next to me. I hold his hand just to help him or guide him through a certain part of the race, and then he can do it. Uh, I run races with guys with no legs. They are running the mountains on their hands. And if they can do it, if I see a person like that running the race, what's my excuse to stop halfway or say, I'm tired? Right. If I see a woman, and this is a true, for two years in a row or three years in a row, we go to Lake Tahoe and this lady, God bless her, she comes and celebrates her birthday every year doing the race. Last year she was turning, I believe, 82. And she's doing the race. Like wow. she celebrates her birthday in Lake Tahoe. And if she can't do it, what's our excuses? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. So this is what we should encourage in our community. And this is how we are designed as human to function and move through these obstacles. And these obstacles does not represent only the physical obstacle. It's also the mental obstacle that we face on our day-to-day. -day. It is also the same obstacles, the emotional obstacles that we face with our families and friends. It's all of these obstacles. If we know how to overcome one type of obstacles, then we will know how to overcome any other obstacle. And this is what really obstacle course racing um, taught me, and this is what I'm trying to learn more and more from the obstacle course racing is how to go through life, because life is a journey of ups and downs, of obstacles, and how it's only how do we maneuver through them and how do, do we overcome them. You mentioned that there's always a low point and a high point in the race, which is pretty much true for a day, an hour, uh, a workout, right? Like there's always going to be a low point that you have to deal with, always, you think? <laughs> That's very true. And this is sometimes we get carried and overwhelmed. And like we think when we get like self-centered, 
or I will do this or I will overcome and just think it's my problem alone. It doesn't work out like this. It's never about me or I. It's if, if we really think about it, even for when um, it's always about us and it's about because we live in societies, mm-hmm. we live in with families, we work with colleagues, we interact with people in the street. It's the only time maybe we are alone is when we meet. Uh, my time is maybe if I'm sleeping or something, that's the only time I'll have by myself. But most of the time, most of our life, we spend it with others. So, and this is how the race brings also the low times and high times. Um, an example, a very small example of this, like I prepare for the race, I plan for the race, I take my uh, supplements, I take my water, I take my sandwich, I take my energy bar, everything for me. But then I start running the race, I realize that, oops, I over uh, calculated or uh, I didn't calculate it right. I finish my energy bar, I finish my sandwich, and I'm still halfway through the race, and it's not about me or I anymore. Actually, the guy who's running next to me, he sees me struggling, he shares his mm. half of the snack with me, mm-hmm. or half of his protein bar. And a moment like this made me sit again in the race and think like, wow, he's not supposed to do this, mm-hmm. or he doesn't have to do mm-hmm. share his... Uh, protein bar with me or his uh, supplements because he's still halfway through the race but this is what the beauty of it he knows that at some point he will be out of a snack or energy bar and somebody else definitely gonna stand by and help and this is one of the beauties of uh, the race it's now when I go to a race I really don't worry about getting hungry or thirsty or being in the mountains because the like-minded people, the energy they bring, the the mindset they come into the race with, it helps us together to go through this. So now when I go and I know my weakest and lowest points, I know how others can help me also and how I can be prepared to help others. And this is this is very unique and this is very human it's not only about sport and about physical like so many sports if i will give a comparison even it's in a team sport in football it's team of 11 22 players two teams on the field but it's a team sport but then at the end of the day there will be the cristiano ronaldo or the messi of that team and there will be the best defender or the best um, goalkeeper. There is a lot of individual titles to be claimed within the team sport. Within the Spartan or the obstacle course racing, it's individual sport, but it's never about an individual. It's always about the group. And this is maybe something that you don't see or you don't plan for, but this is ultimately what happens. 
Now, when did you get the idea to open an actual physical space? Where where did that germinate? It never came to my uh, our intention as a team to do um, an actual gym. An actual gym. Actually, last summer we are sitting here now and having this conversation in Abu Dhabi Cruise Terminal. We were approached by Abu Dhabi Cruise Terminal team to come and do some of the free community training sessions that we offer in, in the terminal. During the summertime, they're like, okay, we have a space here. Why don't you guys come and do some of the free sessions? Because we offer twice or three times a week free community training sessions. So we started doing this community sessions inside the cruise terminal. And then towards the end of the summer, in 2019, they, we were ready to go back to the outdoors. They told us, the management team, they have approached us and they showed us a place and they told us like, why don't you open a gym? Mm. And then me and my friend, we sat and we thought about it, like, should we do this or no? And then we thought that it's a good chance and a good way for us to expand our goal and our mission of actually improving the lifestyle and the community into the obstacle course racing is to open the gym and this will help us to reach more people so we've taken this chance that came uh, across us and we've started working on the project and then COVID-19 started and at the very early stages before we start construction Then we were thinking, should we go ahead or should we stop? But actually, COVID made us more determined that we should go ahead and open this gym during this difficult time where lots of businesses are closing and unfortunately, lots of fitness centers are closing where we need the most of investment actually in our health and our well-being and in our wellness during this time. If COVID-19 proved one thing, it proved uh, that we should take care of our health and fitness. That's the number one priority and the number one lesson from COVID-19. So we've decided to take this journey and this challenge to invest and open during COVID-19 the first obstacle course racing gym in the United Arab Emirates. And we could have not done it alone, um, we've approached Khalifa Fund and they've helped us. They've loved, they liked the idea and loved the concept of this unique gym, uh, the very first of its kind in the UAE and in Abu Dhabi in particular. So with the support of Khalifa Fund, with the support of uh, Abu Dhabi Ports, and of course with the continuous support we've been getting as a community team from Abu Dhabi Sport Council, we were able to um, open this community gym and this unique offering to um, the people where they can come and practice um, so many of the actual obstacles that you will find in a Spartan race or any other obstacle course race. So you can practice around 25 to 30 different obstacles within the gym. The training methodology also of the gym itself and the the classes is very different. The collaborations we are trying to create with the uh, different uh, race uh, organizers, 
uh, and creating this journey between the gym and the outdoor, which we find it very unique and gives a purpose for your training. So we are trying to do and offer so many different things for the first time and the support of the community, the support of the different government entities is really uh, needed and appreciated at this difficult times. But again, the adventure and the spirit and the passion, I think, which will bring everybody around this um, concept and hopefully we can um, grow it um, and see how it can help our communities and ultimately reach the goal why we are existing as a community team is to help and support. You've got kids' classes too, which are your uh, full. Yes, we've started. We believe that starting at early ages support uh, the kids. And that's why we started like the youth classes and the youth programs, because most of the obstacle course races have youth uh, races uh, along the side with them. So we started the youth programming for, from, uh, for the time being, we start from 12 years old to 16 years old um, due to the COVID situation. But down the road, when the rules will allow, we will start from seven years old. And um, we are very lucky that two of the sessions are being full, uh, full now. Wow. And we are willing to open more classes now wow. from uh, this week, actually. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting. Do you, when do you think these races, the Tough Mudder and the Spartan races, are going to come back to the UAE? Um, Any idea? In November, actually, there is a race scheduled um, in Ras al Khaimah, a Tough Mudder. Okay. And we are uh, looking forward to that race. We will definitely take part okay. in that event. And for the time being, on the short term, uh, next weekend and the week after, a lot of running races started taking place. And we take places in all of these uh, running events also. There are cycling races start taking places. So lots Slowly. of endurance events start taking places. But when it comes to obstacle uh, events and obstacle races, Definitely Tough Mudder in November and hopefully uh, Desert Warrior Challenge also uh, will take place in January. That's okay. uh, going to be in Dubai. Okay. So these two races are on the calendar. Slowly, slowly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for speaking with us. I, your story about carrying that bucket three times is... <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to remind myself of that the next time something hard happens. <laughs> that was um, amazing. No, it's it's I'm 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 really delighted and uh, honored to have this conversation. And before we finish this conversation, I would just like to make a mention of something that um, we are working on. A special cause we are trying to support is the kids with determination. Okay. And working with people of determination as a Desert Shield uh, fitness. We are working with um, Heroes of Hope. That's an initiative started by um, a close friend also, Holly. She started this initiative, supporting special uh, needs kids only. And we are glad to offer our facility for the Heroes of Hope and for their training. 
and very soon we will be started starting the training of um, kids of determination at the gym and this is of course totally um, free of cost and this is for the community uh, this is in a way how we give back to our communities uh, and whatever way we can help and support kids of determination our gym is open for them and for anybody of that uh, um, nature and we are willing to collaborate and work with anybody who would love to uh, stand with us to support the kids of determination amazing thank you so much abdullah thank you appreciate it thank you That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.